Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios. That is 99.3 and 98.5. Information with inspiration, just reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net. And in the studio with me, of course, is First Lady of Love, founder and creator, director of uh, Love Talk, Miss Evelyn Davison. Good morning, Miss Davison. Uh, good morning, Isola. What a beautiful day it is today. Oh, my gosh. I laid awake last night. Well, first of all, I didn't lay awake much. We, oh. were, we, we hit that bed, both of us, at 7.30 last night. Ooh. Talk about a bunch of old fogies. But then, of course, you know, come 11.30, yeah, midnight. I'm like a yeah, I'm like an owl. But I laid awake and I was thinking about oh, I was going to have some ladies come in for uh, a little uh, to come in to uh, on Halloween night for us to pray for all the kids in the neighborhood. Oh, I always, we, we, always yeah, we sit y'all last yeah, year on yeah, Halloween. Yeah, we sit out and. And I was thinking about how I was going to decorate cupcakes. So it's, <laughs> at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, coach. for fall. So I'm with you. Fall is one of my favorite. Football yeah. and yeah. fall and crisp weather. So it is an awesome day. Well, it is. And, and talking about a day, today is a very special day as well, Cindy. You know, I've, I've been thinking and writing a lot lately uh, about the series that we're in, that Jesus is the present one. And we're going to continue that today. But I was thinking just this week about what is in the purpose, God's purpose for today in my life. And it only has one word, and it's called grace. His purpose in my life is to give me the grace to be who it is he's designed me to be, to do those things that he and I can do together that would bring about grace in the lives of others. And so if his purpose for my life just for today and every day, really, is grace, what is my purpose? My purpose is to praise him. And it's hallelujah time. And I was reading Psalm 111 this week. And and we're going to talk about that some today. But, you know, as we're thinking today and as we're talking, I really would encourage you, as you're listening to us today, to stop and ask yourself that question. What is God's purpose for for me today? And then what is my purpose in response to his purpose? It has to be his grace on our life, Cindy. And it has to be praise. And even the good things and the things that are hard for us, those issues that we deal with every day we think will never go away. They'll never get resolved. Whether we're talking about our nation or we're talking about our city or we're talking about our church or we're talking about our family or our neighborhood. Uh, you know, the news has been filled this week with protesters who are discontent and who really want to overthrow the government of the United States and equalize wealth and uh, poverty to the extent that there's no uh, line between them. And you know what Jesus said about that? He said, you're always going to have those that are in need. There are always going to be those people, poor people in your life. And he said, I have come to give grace to everyone. And so as we go into this series further today, and we look at a couple of scriptures, we really do need to stop and listen to what it is God has to say. I have to laugh at some of this stuff. Now, you know that my purpose, if I have a purpose, <laughs> which you say that I do, and I, and we, and I certainly believe that I do, mm-hmm. that one of the purposes that God has put in my heart is to proclaim the good news of the gospel, mm-hmm. 
which is, of course, that Christians are not to be anxious and we're not to be worried. We're not to focus on the times, but eternity, but not eternity as if I'm on a bus stop, you know, <laughs> and all the buses are going by me, and I keep wondering when I'm going to get off the corner. Wait, that's, no, my boarding pass. Yeah, that's not what you and I are talking no. about. We're, we certainly don't believe in toe-tapping for decades mm-hmm. while you wait, you know, while... Uh, manna from heaven drops down and, and you discover your purpose. Your purpose is, you know, lived out in your daily existence while you're seeking mm-hmm. God's will. Mm-hmm. And not just to say, God, what is your will for my life? You know, I asked that question for decades, and that was a little bit like a gerbil trail. Do you well, know what I mean? It you is. Know, it's a like maze. A, you go right. from one little ditty into another. But when, uh, you know, in, in, in Henry Blackaby's stuff, which you mm-hmm. and I admire so mm-hmm. much, uh, you know, he says, just stop at this question. What is your will, God? Yeah. So, of course, in reading the Word of God, it is, it is very clarifying with the will of God. And then the Holy Spirit comes in Mm -hmm. and speaks to our hearts within the context of the framework of the principles of God, the promises of God, the great plan of God, and says, now here is your part. Sarah Groves says this great in one of her songs. She says, I've lived for this time to be part of a bigger conversation. And I think that's what you're talking about here. When we talk about our purposes, it isn't so that we have just a small view of God in a box that has only to do with you and I. But it is we have an eternal perspective to the kingdom of God. And we have a present perspective because God is with us. That leads us into a lifestyle where we are part of that larger conversation mm. that's taking place in heaven. Well, heaven is the place where our goal is, but our lifestyle, Cindy, is heaven on earth as we walk and leave love talk with Jesus. And it is interesting that in the different seasons of life, in the different love fields of life, uh, grace becomes uh, wrapped in a bigger package. Uh, decorated more profoundly in an area that we can identify. But then there are times in our lives when we just we just get along. You know, we just, <laughs> Lord, just let me get through this day. Do you ever have those days, Cindy? Oh, no. If I could huh? just get through this day. But I can only get through this day because you are present in my life and you are the administrator of grace. And that's what it is. It's the gifts that God gives us. To be who it is he's designed us to be, to operate under the presence of the power of Jesus Christ. You know, one of the things about you and I, the reason why I think we can uh, laugh so much. Now, I I can laugh because I have one of those personalities where I have real high highs and very low lows. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not quite as much as, as at different times in my life, but but. But for sure, one of the reasons why you and I can laugh is because we've had those moments in our life where it wasn't, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? One of our questions was, is, do I have the rest of my life? Right. You know, And then the other question was, will, will there be anything? This, this is, comes back to this, the way we opened this series, which 
where you can live in a mindset, an unhealthy mindset of always, never, and ever. It's always going to be like this. It'll never be like it was, and will it ever change? And whether you're lying in your bed and you're living five minutes at a time, and I will have... I want you to know, and you know this, Evelyn, and this is why I say you and I can laugh about this. There were times when five minutes was too much. You couldn't mm-hmm. ask to look five minutes. You were living one minute sure. at a time. Whether it's lying on an operating table and, and bleeding out, or whether it's in um, a hospital waiting room to see if your child's going to make it through surgery mm-hmm. overnight, whether your child will live through the night. Or your husband's in it. Oh, we've, we've done all of those. Yeah. And that's why when sometimes when our audience or those who are listening hear us burst out laughing, <laughs> is it because we ever necessarily had the plan from A to Z? But at those times in our lives, we had the Alpha and the Omega. Mm-hmm. The one that, that spoke to our hearts, as you pointed out in Isaiah 46, which has been part of our opening yes. series, series, where he says, I not only formed you, but I carried you and sustained you. I rescued you. Not only that, but I'm the finisher mm. Of your faith, I'm the Alpha, the Omega. My purposes and my plan will stand. And we talked about all of those before we talked about the concept of separated from God last week. Right. Well, Cindy, as we come together here on Love Talk, it's always exciting to look at not only where we are in our lives in the seasons and in the love fields where he's planted us, but where we are in our nation or where we are in the world today. And it seems to me that there's a greater urgency today to really know God. The people that I talk to are the ones that call me, are the ones that I run into in the store, uh, come with this question, what's God going to do about what's going on in my life or in our world today or whatever? And when we look at the perspective that God has for us, It is to equip us for heaven. But before we get to heaven, it is to work us in that love field where he has planted us. And those, the seasons of life change, even in every love field. And so as we talk today, we're going to talk about while we're living in this this time, this time frame that we're talking about, what is the Lord Jesus doing? Mm. What is the Holy Spirit doing? Because the promises that Jesus gave us is that I have come, I am the promised one, I have come, I have uh, given my life, I'm giving my life for you, but there's something better than that. I am going to send you a helper, one that will comfort you and guide you and strengthen you. And then he says, I will come again and we'll be back together in the reality of life. And so we live in these segments of our life when we think, you know, here I am in this particular field. I'm fighting. I'm drowning. I'm burning up. The trees are falling in. Or we are in this place where there's peace, tranquility, maybe at the beach where the wind's blowing. And we we have difficulty aligning these two perspectives of life. But every day, Cindy, is a battle to live. It's a battle against nature. 
It's a battle against the enemies of God and even our environment. And so what is it that we are to do during this time in our lives when things are so uh, disoriented, so confused? In a nation where you have people rise up and protest and say, let's get rid of the government and let the, the common people rule, hmm. there, there is an order that God sets in place. And he taught young Timothy that when he said, Timothy, pray for those that are in authority over you for true reasons, that you might live at peace and you might serve the Savior. And so as we look at it today, we're going to talk about what's going on right now and what's going on in heaven. We are. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we we are going to answer that question. What's happening in heaven between time and eternity? This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios. That is 99.3 and 98.5. Information with inspiration, reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net. And you can also catch up with Evelyn and I on Love Talk Network. Uh, dot com. We're also we're out. We're on Facebook. We're we're out there. We, you know we're on people. If you go to Facebook, we're on people praying for Texas. We're on National Day of Prayer pages. We are on uh, Austin NDP NDPAustin dot org and Texas NDP dot org. I mean you know we got a jillion websites. We can't keep up with any of them. But anyway, we are in the studio today, and we're happy to be. Um, talking with you. You know, Evelyn, you did a marvelous job in setting up our conversation for today. As we are talking about Jesus, the present one, our last series, The Promised One, where we wanted to talk and in, and really build that foundation in people's minds and heart about the promises of God. Because one of the things that is established as a healthy relationship with God is to know that the promises of God are true, and we have to hang on to those. You know, sometimes when we when we build a wall of of doubt, or sometimes a wall of confusion, or maybe we don't under, we don't have necessarily the best understanding of a loving God. Mm-hmm. It is because we failed to grasp hold of the promises of God. So having I'm not completed that subject because I don't know that you can ever complete any no. subject with regard to the word of God. Then we then we thought let's unpack this paradigm of the present one because sometimes also you have people who are are they're they're treading in the deep end of the pool. Mm-hmm. And they think that it's it's out of their own strength, whether it's a, a situation in the economy or it's a situation in their household where, you know, or, or our military, you know, which are, ha- are on constant rotation and, and uh, divorce rates up into 70%. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of those things. So, so it felt like it was time to bring the conversation to bear about the present one. And that... There's fancy words to go around that. You know, the new covenant, 
and we're gonna mm-hmm. and we're gonna be talking about that in the most everyday language we can possibly bring it down to, not to dummy it down, but so that it has great meaning and relevancy for what we're doing. And last week we talked about well, what are those things? What are those walls? After out of Pastor Ryan Rush's book, The Walls, you know, where we get stuck, and we all get stuck. What are the things that have separated us from God? Are they unhealthy mindsets? Are they things where we have gotten stuck in our thinking about circumstances? Are they choices we've made? And today, you'll be bringing to the conversation, listen, okay, we can all get stuck, but if you have this foundation of knowing the promises of God, and then you latch hold of this concept of the new covenant with God, the present one, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, where he says, I'll never depart from you. Then it is that we live a life of praise Absolutely. because we're not stuck in time. Eternity came down from heaven for you and I, living with us and present with us, abiding in us. That chasm between heaven and earth, that chasm between time and eternity has been, has collapsed through the finished work of Christ Jesus on the cross and then the covenant that he establishes with us that says, I'm present with you. Yes. Well, seeing that is so true and it's so different from the original um, personification of God in the old covenant. And the old covenant was uh, established with, first of all, with uh, Abraham, when God said, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. And then with Isaiah, as we said last week, God, uh, Isaiah went into the throne room of God, which was the old covenant uh, seat of mercy. And we talked about grace and mercy a lot. And when, when he went in, he began to see himself the way God saw him. And that was unusual under Old Covenant uh, because God did, the Holy Spirit rested upon man and woman. Uh, Under the New Covenant, the very presence of the living Lord Jesus is at resident in our life because the Scriptures say our body becomes the temple of God's Holy Spirit when we come into personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So under Old Covenant, that was a very unusual encounter with God. And the result of that was when, when um, Isaiah saw himself the way God saw him, he said, Oh, me of unclean lips, is what he said. Now, and the lips represented life on a daily basis. And it was through that encounter that God spoke to Isaiah and said, Honey, listen up. I've got some great news for you and for the world because there's a new covenant coming. And the first major prophecy of Jesus Christ coming came from the lips and the heart and the mind of Isaiah. And he, you know, we read it every year at Christmas time. But when you look at how people lived under the Old Covenant, they lived by the promises of God and the principles of God for the purpose of praising God. And in Psalm 111 is the one that, that we want to look at briefly today, and then we're going to look at at Romans 37, uh, Romans 28, uh, 34, and 37. But in the Psalm 111, it says, Hallelujah. And what we say is, is 
hallelujah today. We don't say hallelujah a lot. We say hallelujah. He said, I give thanks to God with everything I've got. Whatever good people gather, and you know, and that's where we are today. People are gathering and listening to Love Talks, Cindy, or in a congregation, that means tomorrow. God's works are so great, worth a lifetime of study, endless enjoyment. Splendor and beauty mark his craft. Now, do we live that way on a daily basis? We don't see his splendor much. We don't see the things he's working. But he does, this is what he says. His generosity never gives out. His miracles are his memorial. Now, that's an interesting statement, Cindy. God's miracles are his memorial. They were to the Hebrew children in the desert. They were to Moses when he went before Pharaoh. They were to the disciples as they began to see Jesus for who he was. And the people saw the miracles, and they followed Jesus because of the miracles. But he said the gap, this is the key to all this discussion today. The gap of grace, this God of love, he gave food to those who fear him. He remembered to keep his ancient promises. He proved to his people that he could do what he said. Hand them the nations on a platter, a gift. And this is a major, major statement that he makes. He manufactures truth and justice. And we know that Jesus is the truth. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. And then it says, all his products are guaranteed to last. What are his products, Cindy? They are you, and they're me, they're one, they're Gene Bender, they're Dick Oppenheimer. It's those people that he puts in a place that he can use them. Why? Because we go back to what he said. He's given us everything he's got. He's never out of date, never obsolete. He's rust-proof. All that he makes and does is honest and true. He paid the ransom for his people. Now, this is prophecy, Cindy. Jesus came for one reason, to ransom us. He ordered his covenant kept forever. He's so personal and holy, worthy of our respect. The good life begins in the fear and the grace of God. So that why, and this answers the question, what's happening on earth today because of what has happened in heaven? Do that and you know the blessing of God. His hallelujah lasts forever. So that tells us, Cindy, that in this time frame that we're in between time and eternity, that we are to praise God because he's made a promise. He's kept that promise. We are living with that promise. And what is that promise? The present one. You're absolutely right. As we have this conversation about grace, one of the things, Evelyn, that I think is important to remember is that when Jesus was walking with the disciples, they took him to the temple and they said, look. Look at this marvelous temple. Look at these walls. Look how glorious it is. Because remember, the temple had been raised. It had been destroyed. It was built again. And so the people of God always saw the temple as the place that they could go to to have their sins absolved, to be cleansed, where the priests could enter the Holy of Holies. They could come from the outer courts into the inner courts. And Jesus looks them straight in the eye. He's, he said, listen, uh-oh. 
I'm going to collapse time and eternity. Uh-oh. In three days, the temple will be destroyed and raised again. And they were like, what are you talking about? And this is the covenant of grace it is where God said no longer is it the temple, the place where you go to discover and to be near the habitation of God. Because I, the temple, my body itself is going to be destroyed and raised again. And as a result of that, then you're going to become the temple of God and I'm going to come and I'm going to abide with you. A whole new concept. I mean, radical, radical Jesus. The revolutionary. You could talk about Wall Street and the days of rage. You could talk about the radicalism of the Tea Party. You could talk about any of that kind of stuff. There's nothing to match this kind of radical thought. But it's by that that you and I live a life of praise and alleluia. A pray a life of praise and hallelujah. Today we're talking about believers 101. What it is to live by grace. We're going to take our break and we're going to continue. We're going to come back. We're going to answer the question we asked earlier. What's going on in heaven? Yeah, that's what we want to know. Believers, <laughs> right after this. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking with my best gal friend, Miss Evelyn Davison, at the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, that is 99.3 and 98.5, information with inspiration, reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net and that we can also be found on lovetalknetwork.com. And and on our web pages, which are ndpaustin.org or texasndp.org, and and just you can check us out on on Facebook, and we got a bunch of pages there. Evelyn, we're in this conversation. You and I could honestly, it's just silly that we get to come in here. Well, it and is. do this. I mean, it's <laughs> we we were talking about, you know, some of the pieces and parts of our lives where where we could only you were talking about there was a time in your life when you could only handle one promise of God a day. I can remember in a t- season of my life when I was rebuilding really a life that was completely destroyed where uh the the total concept listen here's what I here's what I said to myself every day. Jesus loves me. Mm-hmm. Now that concept alone That's at that principle. moment that is a principle, Cindy. Was it was all I could wrestle with. It was what demolished every stronghold in my life that said my life was not worth living. I wasn't going to have a life worth living. There was no reason to go forward. But here all of a sudden came the concept of the creator of the universe the Savior which gave his life for mine, 
and the and the literal sense that God was wrapping his arms around me in the midst of destruction and saying, hold on to this because we're going someplace together. You're going to conquer. We're going to be more than a conqueror. Cindy, uh, you know, as we look at how it is that um, we live in time, uh, just our, with our goal being eternity, because if that's what Jesus said in John 15:16. So many times in my life when I have been destitute, not physically or uh, emotionally, but spiritually, where I felt like I was dying, literally dying of spiritual malnutrition, because I didn't understand the things of God. I didn't understand why he didn't make everything right, you know, in my life so that I could be in charge. (laughs) Basically, I kid you not. Uh, I learned to live by two things, the principles of God and the promises of God. And I have diaries and journals of years of taking principles and promises and living by those in a day. Now, you just quote, you just gave us a picture of one of the principles of life. Jesus loves me. That is the primary principle of life. Hey, if I could camp out on that the rest of my life, just the concept of that, not from a narcissistic viewpoint, but that the, the the very God who created me, the great the great I am, loves me. Yeah. Uh, uh, that is, you know, that He loved awesome. you enough that He gave His life for you, so that you didn't have to do what old covenant people did. So that we, you know, you wouldn't be uh, floundering in in life every day. Well, I would have been dead. For one thing, I'd have been the woman out by herself on the outside of the camp. Yeah. You know, in the old covenant. Covenant. I'd have yeah. been the unclean woman. Would have died any number of times. You know, I, you know, if it weren't for modern technology, you know, I, you know, and and the grace of God, you know, I wouldn't be here. And so, of course, this is why you and I want to have this conversation about this void that apparently that many people live in this perceived void. You and I talked about that and talked on that for a year called The Gap, where, where people believed there was a great chasm between time and eternity, a great chasm between heaven and earth. And even in some people's mind, they don't have a concept of what heaven is doing. Mm -hmm. I thought that's why your uh, verse today out of Psalm 111, the message was such a timely and appropriate verse because we're to join heaven while here on earth. Absolutely. The connection is there. We are present in heaven because Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, is what the scriptures say, in the throne room of grace. Now, we don't know what that looks like. We don't really know what heaven itself looks like. In, in John had a real great view of that, and he talks about the streets being of gold. But gold was the highest measure of treasure during his day. And so, you know, that was the greatest example that he could come up with of how beautiful and how priceless, you know, heaven would be. But the, the question that we're asking and answering today is, while we're living in this life and time, Cindy, We're living as believers. You and I are, and many of the people who listen to us live as believers. We have been converted by power. It's like we are electrical outlets living in a world for somebody to come and plug into to see how great God's mercy and grace is. 
but as we're living in this time, we're not living out here as lone rangers or wounded warriors. We are living under the power and the direction of God's Holy Spirit. And so what we've asked the question is, and I mentioned John 15 and 16, where Jesus says, I, he prayed the longest prayer that he prayed that was recorded, and he was connected with the Father. And he said, Lord, I know one thing. You and I are one, and because you and I are one, I can be one with those that you've given me, and nobody can ever take them out of my hand. That's what he said. So when we reach these times in in the fields of life, when we begin to think God's deserted us or that we don't have anything to thank him for, we have to go back and read what that spiritual barometer is in John 15 and 16, where Jesus says, my goal is for them to be at one with me, and if they're one with me, they're one with you. And so oneness, you know, has taken on a different connotation in our world today other than that Jesus came that we might be part of the family is what he's saying. So while we're here in time struggling in these areas of our life that we struggle in, in a nation that's looking for new identity today, or in a family that's suffering with hardship or family or uh, economic disaster, there's so many things going on. We get to thinking that we're in this alone, and we're not. We are at one with Jesus. We're at one with the Father. Now, while we're at one with him here in time, and he's at one with us and at one with the Father in heaven, what is Jesus doing? What is happening in heaven? Jesus says very plainly in Romans eight thirty-seven. Uh, Romans 37, 8 following, mm-hmm. is that, he, and even in John 15, 16, he's praying. Mm-hmm. He says, I am an advocate with your Father in heaven. So it's like he is an attorney pleading our case before the heavenlies. And who's, who are the heavenlies? It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the angels. Mm-hmm. The angels. And the scriptures tell us very specifically, the angels come and go, and that they are watching and caring for us. And that even we have a guardian angel that helps guide us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit, but we have a guardian angel that physically surrounds us and throws off the errors of of the enemy. So what is Jesus doing? He is observing and he is directing Either the angels come to our rescue or that the Holy Spirit of God would encircle us and empower us to be the representatives of who he is. Who he is. Why? Because we are one with him. Oh, Evelyn, there's there's not much I would add to that entire dialogue and perspective because on this subject, you and I might tend to be a little bit beyond passionate and a little bit mm-hmm. more on the rabid side of things. Rebels. Uh. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, when you and I pray, even sometimes we can get in a mindset of pleading. Right. We, are, we can sometimes come with uh, an attitude of anxiety and worry and not necessarily from this place of praise that you right. and I have talked about. And somewhere we attribute to Christ the same kind of position of prayer. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked about this. You did. You said it beautifully. He's making a case in the courtroom of heaven. He's not up there 
pleading as if he's an unempowered, mm-hmm. small G God right. still hanging on a cross. Some poor guy couldn't get himself off the cross, couldn't get himself delivered. Yeah. Now he's up in heaven. He's doing his best he can just to plead to get that mean old God the Father to do what he wants. That's not what that means. It means the same God that spoke the earth into, he- into existence. The same created voice, because the word says, he who was with God, was at the beginning with God, the word. And when he's in heaven and he's making that case in the courtroom, when he is speaking on your behalf, he is speaking it into, into existence. He's calling things into order. Mm-hmm. On on behalf of the plans and the promises and the principles that he has set forth. So the answer to the question is, what is heaven doing? Heaven's making a case for you, Evelyn. Well, he is. Unceasingly. And not only the case for you, but for billions of other people simultaneously making the case for us continually. Before the courtroom of heaven against the forces of darkness Mm -hmm. for all the things that God ordained for you and I from the beginning of time. Well, Cindy, that's why we get so excited when we think that you and I were born for such a time as this. (laughs) Uh, When we think about who we are, and and I don't mean that just you and I, but as a nation, as a world, the responsibilities that we have. To be like Jesus. That's the bottom line. Just give me Jesus. Let me be like Jesus. Then we are very crucial to the time plan of God for time that we might be on display for the world to see how great Jesus Christ is. And so that's why it's so exciting for us to be here on on the Word, to be able to do and say the things that we say. Because we, we are set free, Cindy. We are free to be what it is that God intends for us to be. And it is to be that message that you talked about. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, might have it more abundantly. And that's what the abundant life is, is grace and mercy. That's right. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what's this business about a throne of grace? This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 99.3, Information with inspiration, reminding you that this program is streaming live today. You can also catch up with us at lovetalknetwork.com. And in the studio with me is my best gal friend and mentor, Love Talk lady, Miss Evelyn Davison. And Evelyn, we're, we're to the point we've been talking today about Jesus the present one we're talking about in the plainest language we can, the new covenant, which comes to us entirely by grace. And I was thinking as we came up to the close, you know, to, today I was I was dragging a little bit. and I was going to get my coffee so that I could get my eyelids propped open. <laughs> and I was behind, I tell you, I got behind every new car in Austin that had brand new 
you know, the paper license plates. And there were some beauties. I mean, they were really beautiful. Well, I drive a 10-year-old uh, Jeep, which I love my Jeep. Get, Don't get me wrong, but, you know, I'm like anybody else. I was looking at all these cars and I was saying, oh, boy, I bet that's nice. I bet it's got hands-free, you know, yeah. this, that, and the other. You know, and, and uh, I, I was thinking, you know, because sometimes my car is certainly out of warranty. You know, it's long been out of yes. warranty. <laughs> I drive Mine that, too. <laughs> I drive my car on grace. And uh and uh so this idea that was put forward today in this scripture, I want us to 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 close with this idea of grace. That we come into the throne room of grace, but we come because we've been given what? A life time warranty you know in in the psalmist uh i'm not sure if this was david's psalm or maybe one of the others but uh in psalm 111 is what we have um profiled today and it it says that his generosity never gives out and his miracles are his memorials that really spoke to me this week cindy uh thinking about, you know, where we are uh, in America, uh, that we are so blessed, even with the issues that we're facing today, uh, doing some work on Operation Christmas Child, which is coming up in November. We're going to be doing a live remote out there uh, at Lifeway uh, uh, Bookstore later, uh, and with our good friend Ray Garner, who's one of our sponsors here on Love Talk, thinking about all the people that that we know that are serving God in this time in which we live and the excitement they have for doing that. It is something very unusual, Cindy. I I remember when we moved to Austin, uh, it seemed to me that God didn't live in the city because nothing went on outside the walls of the church. We've been talking about walls the last few weeks in Ryan Rush's book and all of these pastors 15 of them that have come together to teach uh, and and reach this city and talk to them about the walls that we put up and the walls that need to come down and how that has separated us from each other and, and basically not from the Lord Jesus but from his blessings, you know, from his involvement in our life. Because if we have a wall between us and the Lord Jesus then or the Holy Spirit, then we, we're not plugged in the way we ought to be plugged in. We don't receive the power to be operative in a time like we're in right now. We, the, you know, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But unless we are filled with the Spirit at that moment and not operating in our own principles, our own designs or whatever. And so looking at Psalm 111 this week, it brought again into focus the miracles that, that the Lord Jesus does perform and how generous he is in his mercy and his grace that it never, ever gives up. Well, can I interrupt you just for a moment because I agree with you completely. Some of the things that keep you and I so completely fueled up are the miracles that we could point to not only in our lives but in the lives of those that we love even those that we hear of, which are the testimony of, of the saints. 
You know, uh, memorial stones were often a way that the people of God were instructed to remember Mm -hmm. God. Early on in this nation, when we had days of remembrance, they were often set aside in a Christian context of days of remembrance for those important milestones either in the nation or important milestones with God, what he had done for us. One that's coming up, of course, that I, that immediately comes to mind is Thanksgiving, you know, right. that, that day of remembrance for our forefathers and what took place and how the Lord sustained them and, you know, in what was incredibly perilous and difficult times. So one of the things that in order to live in Alleluia time is that you've got to have, this is why your journals of the promises of God are so important, is that we've got to be willing to look at our lives from from God's perspectives, break down those pieces where it is evident that it was not us, but it was God. That's the fuel by which you live sometimes when you're in the middle of the bunkers of life is to remember the steadfastness of God in your life. Well, Cindy, as we remember, uh, it gives us uh, the strength uh, to move forward and continue on. And we all have those issues in our life. We think it'll never go away. We we started with that today. It's always going to be like this. I'm always going to have an issue uh, of, of blood. Uh, I'm always going to be faced with the possibility of uh, hemorrhaging to death. That is something that's a part of my life. Uh, but... And so it's the not, question will be, how do you see that? Because it's always going to be an issue. Is it is it because that's uh, God's vacated that area of your life? No. It's because it comes from the DNA, you know, in our family. But the thing is, it is a reminder of the miracles that he himself performs. Why? Because he's greater than any thing that comes against us. The scriptures say specifically, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Now, what is that a picture of? That's a picture of our being a conqueror against those forces that would come against us. And greater than he that is in the world, that is Satan himself. That is Lucifer. That is the one that comes against us as a liar and a thief. To take away the joy that we have, the praise that we have, that's why praise is so important. That's why every year before Easter time, I go on a praise fast. I mean, I ask fast and just praise God. When I have a need, I say, Lord, this is my need today. But I praise you that you're greater than this need, and I am going to trust you for it. And it changes life, Cindy, because it takes life out of our hands to where we think we've got to fix everything. We've got to be the one that would right the world. We've got a one that will save America. We are to pray for those that are in authority over us. It is a daily responsibility that we have, not only for our families, but for those that are in places of government, those, those that are in places of leadership. And, and Paul told Timothy two reasons you did this. First of all, that you can live at peace and serve me, serve the Savior. So when these things come against us, it's time for us to stop and say, Lord, I praise you for this. I thank you. You're bigger than this. And I'm going to move forward 
And you're going to be that conqueror in my life that helps me live through this season. That's right. And, and when we talk about a warranty, a lifetime guarantee, we're really talking about the promises and plan and power of God, that his promises are never out of date. They're never obsolete. They're always honest and true. We, we've tried to make them irrelevant in this culture that we live in and in this time. But if you discard the promises of God, then you have basically thrown away your heritage. That's right. In your future. That's exactly right. the work of heaven. And the blessing of God, which come through his promises. Today, Evelyn, we've been talking about God, our solution to every problem to every problem and we started off like you said by saying you know is it always going to be like this forever the same but here's the reality he is ever present he is the present one he always has his best for us he never turns his back on us or takes his eyes off of us it's a wonderful life cindy yeah it is the life of living in the very presence and the power of god to be an example be a love example on the world for the world to look at and see how great God is. This has been Love Talk on the Word.